Well, today we're talking about kara. Uh, the word means joy. Uh, if we're to be known by our fruits, Matthew 12, 33, we're known by our fruits, whether that be godly, holy, unholy, worldly, fleshly, spiritual, we're known by our fruits. And so it's important that we look at each one of these fruits. And the nine fruits of the spirits. All right, say it with me. Love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You guys will have that by the time we're done with all this. (laughs) The first one we talked about was love. And we love because we were first loved. What a wonderful passage that was, wasn't it? The idea that we love because we were loved and we are shown how to love because Christ loved us and our, ourselves, not falling in love with ourselves, but loving the self that God is making us into, loving upwards and loving outwards. Well, today we're talking about joy, that we're kara. It's uh, a word that, um, um, that we, we, we use often in our, in our way of thinking. We often uh, label it, if you were to look it up in a dictionary, it probably would say something like a uh, feeling of extreme happiness, which I guess is a good place to start if you don't know any better. I mean, if you've never felt joy, then why not just say, well, when I was extremely happy, that was joy. It's a definition that works, I suppose, because we, I mean, we, we use it all the time in our English language, right? Where you feel joy. I felt joy when I had a child, when you had a grandkid. When you got married, you guys felt that, remember that, that joy when you got married? Or uh, something good happens to you, you feel that joy? But the Bible tells us, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say, rejoice. And rejoicing comes out of that joy that is of God. And it's, joy is more than just a feeling, however. Though the Bible will use the word joy in that sense. Psalms 113.9, he settles the childless woman in her home as a joyful mother. And there, the sense, some of your translations will use the word happy because they're trying to make the difference between joy and happiness. And so we, we look at the idea of joy as something, as a feeling, as something we can relate to. We can say this is an example of joy. But joy, if it's just a feeling can come and go 
those kids that you were so joyful when they were birthed. Then it became sleepless nights and crying and crying. And then they became teenagers and you wanted to boot them off the planet. Or that spouse that you were so happy to marry, you were so joyful when you married, and then you realized you were married, and you had to deal with each other all the time. If it was just a feeling, all of that would go away. You wouldn't be joyful, and it wouldn't be a fruit of the Spirit, it would be you wouldn't be experiencing joy as a fruit of the Spirit. We talked about love being a state of being, love being part of who we are. If joy was just a feeling, then it, would be, it wouldn't be a fruit of the Spirit because it would just be something that you experience from time to time. When you're extremely happy. But... The joy that we're talking about here, the God, joy that Paul is talking about when he lists the, the fruits of the Spirit is a, 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 a joy that flows down from the Father. And it becomes part of the very being of who we are. We have joy. And it's not a, a, a feeling that comes and goes. It is part of who we are. And it's tied to the love of God. We can experience joy even in our saddest moments because of the love of God. So we get our love... And that spurs joy, even in the deepest despairs of the night. Joy will lead to rejoicing. Bible tells us what? To rejoice in our time of persecution and trouble. How can we have joy if it's just a feeling in times of persecution. Because it's more than that. It's about the very being of who you are. We have a sense of joy because of the love of God. And it flows from the Father. That even when we are in despair, we are joyful. We have hope. Even when we seem hopeless, we have hope. And as I was studying for this sermon, one of the questions was posed to me. Can you know joy without pain? We know you can't know sadness without happiness. I'll let you ponder that one later. But can you know pain? We know you can know pain without feeling pain. You can't know the negative without the positive, 
but can you feel the positive without the negative? This is a philosophical question that was posed to me. And I'll let you wrestle with it at home. But here's another question, way to word it. Did God allow Adam and Eve to sin so they could know joy? I don't think so. In fact, I would say that it's because of our sin that we can only glimpse joy. We can't really know true joy because we have sin in this corrupted and fallen world. That joy is something we can just glimpse. Sin separates us from the heavenly source of joy. And it's only through the enabling of the Spirit, through the blood of Jesus Christ, that we are able to experience joy here on this fallen state. And we'll never see that true joy until we are in our glorified body because sin blocks us. But as I think of joy, and I think how hard it is for it is, joy is even harder for us to define than love was. Remember, we talked about all the different ways we, we, we try to define love. But if we try to define joy, the only thing we can say, well, it's extreme happiness, but that's not joy. That's extreme happiness. In fact, I don't know if we could come up with a true definition of godly joy. It's something that flows down from the Father. And in our time of this earth, we have a sense of joy. That transposes whether we're happy whether we're sad, whether we're in times of struggle. Because joy is bigger than that. Joy flows from the hope we have in Jesus Christ. And so we know we have Joy, and it's something we cultivate, that we can have joy in the worst. We can rejoice even in the hardest of times. We can thank the Father even in the hardest of times. We can find hope even in the hardest of times. But as I think about that, I think of this, this, this pesky little word, that we have to deal with an issue that I know is very prevalent in our society, in our life, and that is depression. Joy and depression. I'm not talking about when you feel down. When I'm talking about depression, I'm talking about, in this sense, we all experience times of depression in our lives where you feel down. We can experience joy. But let's talk about clinical depression. Some of you know what I'm talking about. That depression that is overwhelming. And thoughts that aren't healthy consume you. And the deepest, darkest pit. And if you've never experienced depression, I mean, 
clinical depression, you're probably like, well, I've been down in the dump sometimes. But that's not the depression I'm talking about. Because like joy, unless you experience clinical depression, you really don't know what it is. That's why a feeling of great happiness is, is good enough of a description for those who do not know Christ. Because unless you experience the, Christ, the love of Christ, you don't know what joy is. Unless you experience clinical depression, you don't know what that is either. I was reading uh, a young lady who was writing, I won't quote it for you. I'm a Christian living with depression. And the only way I've found to keep myself alive and hopeful is to look for those divine brush strokes through what sometimes I feel like the infinite smears of black. I want to come off right off the bat and say that depression is not a sin. Some of you guys are beating yourself. I'm depressed, therefore I'm not a Christian. I'm a bad Christian because I'm, I'm depressed. That is, depression is not a sin. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that depression is a sin. We know that depression has emotional, physiological all kinds of triggers. It's also biological. Depression itself is not a sin. Now, what you do in those times of depressions may or may not be a sin. But it's important to remember your purpose in life when you are depressed, that you are capable of good. That there is hope. That it's not all your fault. That you are not just your mistakes and your faults. That your life is worth living and it's better off, this world is better off with you in it. Now I know that when you are in your bouts of depression... It's hard to remember that, though. It's hard to remember that. Isaiah 40, 29 and 31 says, He gives us strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strengths. They will soar like wings on eagle, and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. If you suffer with depression, may it remind you to connect to the life of Christ. And see how he reached out his himself to the broken and the ostracized. And connect 
You can connect to the pain that God has felt in ways that those without depression ever could. When you feel so far from joy, remember in his 40 days in the, in the wilderness, if Jesus is the example of abundant life, we know that there will be no version of this life without pain. And as we think of the joy, we can remember that Christ won this battle for you already. He knows you will have dark days. And it will be hard to see or even feel His presence. But those are the times imperative that we know who He is and who we are and know who we are in Him. It's in this time we can actively give Christ permission to illuminate your life with joy, with hope. And therefore we rejoice even in our sufferings. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, not only do we also glorify in our sufferings because we know that we suffering produces perseverance perseverance character character hope and hope does not put us to shame but the love of god has poured out into our hearts through the holy spirit who has been given to us and it's only through this we find true joy so as we think of especially for those of you who suffer for depression. I encourage you to look not inwards towards yourself, but upwards towards Him. I encourage you all to find ways to serve Him. Find a way to give. I encourage you to memorize scriptures, and I know you're old and it takes more time than it used to. You're still capable and if you suffer from clinical depression, don't be ashamed to go see a doctor. I think as we go, before we go any further, I pray, Father, right now for those in this room that suffer from clinical depression. Lord, I pray for those who are suffering and have trouble seeing the joy that you have placed within them. Foster that joy in their lives. Grow it. So that even in the depths of despair, they can see the hope and the light out of it. Help us to be there as a family, not to discourage them, but to love them even in the darkness. We are there. I pray for those right now. Foster joy in us. In Jesus' name. That being said, I think that uh, we all think about what is our next step for us in this, as we think about joy. Well, it's more than just a feeling. How can we foster joy from ourselves? The first thing we need to ask ourselves is, am I doing something willingly that's cutting me away off from the joy of Christ? You know what that's called? Sin. Sometimes we have things in our lives that 
we do willingly that cuts us away. They only make, make us feel good. And we might think, it's, well, that brings me joy. But that's an earthly ex- happy feeling. It's going to go away. So we have to ask ourselves, am I doing something that's cutting me off from the joy? Am I sinning? That has to be one of our next steps, doesn't it? Am I sinning? What is that I need to cut it off? Joy is not a fruit of the flesh. It's not the result of sex or money or security or false worship. It only comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. Through the love that He shows from us. And I'm going to be honest with you, those who are living in sin have problems with joy. I mean, gluttony, right? Go to the refrigerator to try to find that joy. (laughs) Fornication. Close-heartedness. Whatever, it blocks ourselves. As we ponder today, let's take a look at our lives and try to separate that extreme happiness feeling. And ponder, and yes, ponder, it means you're going to have to do some I know, it's a four-letter word, work. (laughs) As we ponder, what does joy look like in my life through the love of Christ? Am I chasing after temporary happiness in the replacement of joy? And how can I foster joy that Christ has given to me in my own lives. And this is one of those questions that the reason why the Hebrew, the Bible is considered meditative literature, means you have to mutter about it and think about it and work at it, is because there are no easy answers. I wish I could say, here's A, B, and C, and you know that if you have A, B, and C, you've got joy. The songs all say so, Right? That's not how life works. Life is about us pondering the deep mystery of joy in Christ Jesus. So that's my challenge for you this week, is how can you ponder and grow joy in your life that flows from the love of God? Father God, right now, I pray that you help us to ponder on the deep mystery of joy in our lives. Lord, we know that sometimes it'll look like happiness, and so we rejoice. But sometimes we know that we will rejoice in the face of sorrow. Help us to rejoice in the time of sorrow. 
Father, I, I pray that, Lord, we ponder what joy looks like in our life as we do the hard work of pondering and philosophic as you show us what joy is for us. Grow that joy in our lives. Not just a sense of happiness that comes and goes, but a joy that is ever-present and part of who we are. That, Lord, we can take hope and we can persevere and we can rejoice. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. What a blessing. All right. Grab my Bible here. All right. Today we're talking about that fruit of the Spirit. If we're to be known by our fruits of the Spirit. Well, of course, we're known by our fruits no matter what, what if they're from the Spirit or not, aren't we? You can be known by ungodly fruit. Godly fruit, a holy fruit, unholy fruit. We're known by our fruits. And the fruits of the Spirit. All right, same with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All right, if you had trouble with that, you won't by the time we're done with this. Uh, the first one we talked about was love, and what a wonderful word that is, love. And we love because we were first love. We love, God loved us so much that He gave His only Son, His unique Son, so that we may have life to the fullest. And therefore, because we, he, we're loved, we can love God. We can love ourselves, not be in love with ourselves, but we can love self, God, the self that God is making us into, and we can love others. We love. So today we're talking about the second one, chara, joy. We're talking about joy today. Now, joy... Is one of those where we, we think we usually think about it like in the words rejoice. Because rejoicing comes out of joy. We rejoice. What's, this, what's that passage say? Philippians 4, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, right? Comes out of it. Now, when I say the word joy, many of you are going to think of extreme happiness. Because that's kind of how we've defined it in our world today. Extreme happiness. And which means you have to be happy all the time. That is not joy. That may be joy according to the world's standards. But that's not joy. Extreme happiness... Oh, we know we've, we've all experienced that extreme happiness. I mean, think about those moments in your life. You got married. That person you couldn't wait to get married to. Oh, you had that child. 
Some of you are like, when I had grandkids, that was the best. All the, all the joy of kids without the sleepless nights. Remember those moments of what the world would call joy in your life, that extreme happiness? But I tell you what, when I think about what the fruits of the Spirit is, I think about love. I think, you know, that's not something just that we do. It's something we experience and we are. We love because we were first love. It's something that we become. It becomes part of the very being of who we are. I say, well, if joy, if we're going to follow that, if joy is just extreme happiness, then it's not really a fruit of the Spirit. It's just something that comes and goes. So that's why I say joy can't be just something that comes and goes because you know that person that you were so ready to marry and that you were so joyful to marry and extremely happy, well, then you found out you were married to them. (laughs) And that, that child that you were so joyful when they came and then came the sleepless nights. And then they became teenagers. And you were like, I want to kick them off the face of the planet. (laughs) And that job that you were so joyful to have soon became work. And that house that you were so joyful to have became a house payment. And that candy bar that you were so joyful to have because you were so hungry became calories that you just can't lose. (laughs) Joy in that sense is not something we can, it would come and go. That's not a fruit of the Spirit. That's a feeling. So when we talk about joy, we must be talking about something different. Not about the feelings we have. And I wish that as I was studying the scriptures, I found this great definition of joy. And I didn't. I didn't because it says it's joy from God. And you know, the truth is, unless you experience the joy of God, I don't know if you can really understand what it is. I don't know if we really can define it. Other than to say, it is something that comes down from God. It's a fruit of the Spirit that comes from God and it becomes part of the very nature of who you are. You have joy that leads you to be able to rejoice no matter how you're feeling. Whether you're sad and things are going right, or you're happy and things are going wrong. <laughs> Whether you're going through good times in your life or bad times in your life, there is a joy there that flows down from the Father, enabled by the blood of the Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a gift. It doesn't come and go. It's tied to all that we are, and it's tied to God's love. We can have joy 
because of God's love. Because of his love, we find joy. And we find hope. And joy and hope are tied together. And joy and purpose are tied together. Because why do we have purpose? It's through Jesus Christ. Not that you may know that you have this grand divine purpose, but that you, and here's the purpose. A lot of times we get caught up, what's my purpose, you know? What's my purpose? I'll tell you what the Bible says about it. You are an image bearer of Christ. Anything else is just added on. Anything else God calls you to do is just niceties. Your purpose is to be an image bearer of Christ. You are to be the image of Christ. And there is joy in that because you always have that purpose. So what's the point? You are to be an image bearer of Christ, no matter how difficult that is. You know, when I was... Uh, I'm going to start you out on some philosophical thinking. When I was writing this sermon, an interesting question came up in my mind. Can you know joy without pain? Hmm. This is not something you're going to answer right now. We know you can't know pain without feeling pain. We know you can't have the negative without the positive. So you can't have sadness without happiness. You can't have a negative without the positive. But can you feel the positive without the negative? Mm, that's not something I want you to answer right now. I'm just putting you on the right mindset because you guys are going to have to do some thinking this week. Here's another question. And I'm going to give you the answer to this one. Did God allow Adam and Eve to sin so that they would know joy? The answer is no. Though that is one question that was posed to me when I was writing this sermon on joy. The answer is no. In fact, I think it's our sin that keeps us from knowing true joy. We can't truly experience true joy. We only get glimpses of it pieces of it as it grows within us but we we can't know true joy because we're cut off from the source of joy sin separates us from the source of joy sin separates us from God it's only through Jesus Christ can we, that bridge, be regapped. Only through the power of the Holy Spirit, that's why it's fruit of the Spirit, can we start getting that glimpse of joy. And joy starts filling and growing within us. And we'll never see that true joy. That true joy. Not just good, happy feelings. That true joy until we are in our glorified state 
with our glorified Father in our glorified state of existence. That's in heaven. With a new heaven, new earth. Because sin blocks us. It separates us from joy. Now, as we think about joy in our lives, there's another thing I've got to talk about. Mm. And that's depression. Joy and depression. Now, I'm not just talking about being down in the dumps. All of us suffer some sort of depression at some times in our lives. That, that we're down in the dumps, we need help. All of us go through that. Some of you know, you guys, I've been down in the dumps. I know I've gone through that time where I just felt like nothing was going right. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about clinical depression. Now, if you have never suffered from clinical depression, you probably don't know what it is because you can't understand what it's like to live in such a state. Oh, you say, well, I'm down in the dumps. I've been depressed. No, I'm talking about you've been depressed. You are living in a state of depression. Clinical depression. And I was reading, as I was thinking about this joy, I started reading a young lady. And she said, I'm a Christian living with depression. And the only way I have found to keep myself alive and hopeful is to look for those divine broke strokes through what sometimes feels like infinite smears of black. You know that sense where everything just seems down and bleak and there's nothing. Depression, if you are suffering from, I'm reaching out to some of you that are in this room, some of you who are online with me. Depression is not a sin. Clinical depression is not a sin. You are not a sinful person because you are suffering through depression. No, you do not have to be happy all the time. That is not what the Bible is talking about when it talks about joy. Depression is not a sin. Though if you are suffering, it is important to remember that you have a purpose in life. You are capable of good. And there is hope. It is not your fault that you are not, a, uh, not just your mistakes. You are not just your regrets. Your life is worth living. And the world is a better place because you are in it. And I know that when you are in your deepest despair, it's hard to remember that. So I need you to remember that right now, that your life is worth living. And the world is better off because you're in it. And that Jesus will give you hope even when it is in despair. I read from Isaiah 40, 29-31. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. The young men will stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord 
will renew their strength and they will soar on the wings of evil. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. Depression, not just physical, not just spiritual, biological, it's, it's, it's physical, it's mental, it's emotional, it's all of it. And your depression can help you connect with the life of Christ in a way that someone who is not in depression can't. Because as you see how he reacts to the broken and the ostracized, you know that you are broken and ostracized in your depression. And so that there is a place for you in the loving embrace of God. And that when you are in pain, you can relate to the pain that Christ felt in a way that most of us cannot relate. And when you feel far from joy, remember that, think about Jesus' life as he is in the desert. There is no version of life. If he's to be the example of abundant life, there's no version of it on this earth that has no suffering in it. And Jesus Christ has won this battle for you. He has won this battle for you already. And I know, and he knows, that you will have dark days. And it will be hard to see his presence. And he knows that. And he loves you despite of it. But those are the times when it's imperative that we know that who he is and who we are in him. We are his image. Even in our despair. And that we can give Christ permission to illuminate our lives and find hope in, even in our depression. That yes, Christ may decide one day to lift and he may not someday. But we can rejoice even in the suffering. And no matter what you're going through, whether you're clinically depressed or going through, there is joy in Christ. And through the love of Christ, he has given you hope and a purpose. You are his image and he loves you. You are the one he cares for and desires for you. He longs after you. And we can rejoice. Romans 5, 3 through 5. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. This is how I know it's not just a feeling. We find glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces per, uh, perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. 
And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given, who has been given to us. That gift that lives within us, that Holy Spirit gives us hope and therefore we can have joy. Even when we don't feel like having joy. Now, if you are going through, especially if you're finding clinical depression, don't be afraid to go to the doctor. If you are clinically depressed, go to the doctor. Don't be ashamed. And I know, yes, it is hard in this area especially to find help. You might have to drive to Henderson. You might have to do it online. You might have to... Don't be ashamed. Get the help. But also, as we think about the, the, the joy, we, we have to remind ourselves not to look within ourselves and to be focused on ourselves. That will let us down. We have to look upwards to the creator of joy. I'm also going to encourage you, if you're struggling, to find a way to serve. Mm. Whether it be in the church or volunteering out in the community or finding a way to serve because when we're outside of ourselves, we see the image of Christ who served for us. I'm also going to encourage you to memorize scriptures. And I know you're old and it doesn't come as easy as it used to. I've heard that too many times. Well, I'm old. I can't. Yes, you can. It just takes a little more work. And I know it's that four-letter word, work. Say, I'm retired. I don't do that four-letter word no more. You can do it. You can do it. I'm going to pause right now before we continue on. Father God, if there's someone in this room, I know there are people in this room. If there's someone in this room, there's someone online watching that's suffering from depression. Lord, I pray that you will touch them right now. Lord, that your joy will shine through in their depression, in spite of their depression. Lord, that you would help them to see your light and your truth that they are worth it because they are images of you, Father. Father, we want them to be image bearers of you in their suffering. So, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, I pray for those who are not going through depression, that they may be image bearers of you and come beside those who are going through and help them to be not pushy, not judgmental, not, not, but just be there for those who are going through. Lord, I pray that you help bring help to those who need help and help us to be your image right now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Joy. When we think about our joy, we have to think about what stops us from joy? And you know the number one thing that stops us from experiencing joy? Is sin in our lives. Sin in our lives. Now remember I already said depression is not a sin. So I'm not talking about that. 
But sin can help block us from sin. Because remember, joy is not a fruit of the flesh. The Bible already told us, Galatians told us what the fruit of the flesh was. You know, there was money and sex and security and false worship. These things were, are the, the fruit of the flesh. Joy doesn't come from those things. We may get momentary glimpses of happiness from these things, but they don't bring us joy. They leave us empty. Think about that time where you were feeling down in the dumps and so you decided, I'm not talking about clinical depression now, I'm talking about down in the dumps. You were down in the dumps, you decided to go to the refrigerator to make yourself feel better. How many of us are guilty there? Did it make you feel better? Oh, for a minute. And then it left your tummy. And you wanted some more. That donut didn't taste so good after a while. Gluttony. That's what the Bible calls that. Fornication. Gluttony. Close-heartedness. These things, you know, whatever our sin is, they block us from the source of joy. So as we think about our next steps, one of the questions has to be, is do we know the master of joy, the creator of joy, the Jesus Christ? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? That has to be the first question, right? Do I know who Jesus is? The Bible says if we believe in our heart and believe with all the self that makes us me, I believe in him. And I confess with my mouth, I will be saved. If we've done that, then we know the master of joy. And these growing, the Holy Spirit comes within us and it grows a fruit within us called joy. And so the first question is, have I accepted? The second question is, is there something blocking me from the source of joy? A sin, bitterness, gluttony, fornication. If you don't know what those words were, you can look them up when you get home. <laughs> Greed, gossip. All these different sins. The, the Bible narrows it down to three things. The, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. All the sins can be labeled down to those three things. Is there something blocking you from the source of joy? And then, as we say, well, okay, my next step, and this might be your next step, is to ponder the deep mystery of what exactly is joy. Now, I wish I could give you an A, B, C, one, two, threes, but that's not how life works. That's how we wish it would work. That's what a, a magazine by the side of the store reads. Ten ways to make you... If it really worked, there wouldn't be ten more ways next week. No, the Bible is such a wonderful book, and it's called Meditation Literature which means you have to think upon it, work it over in your head, over and over and over and over again, 
as you ponder, as you read, as you debate, as you look at the scriptures, what is joy? We know it comes from Christ. We know it elevate, we know it's not an emotion. What is joy? And so if you've accepted Christ and you've got your sin life in order, which I'm not saying sometimes you don't mess up. We all do that, right? Willfully choosing to sin. Maybe you're at the point where you need to do the deep question of how can I grow? How can I grow joy? Even when I'm going through, and you name what you're going through. Be specific with it. Even when I'm going through depression. Even when I'm going through anxiety. Even when I'm going through fear. Even when I'm going through, you know what, it's been a great year. Even though I'm going through a great time, how can I grow joy? That's more than just an emotion. That'll come and go. How can I grow joy? Gift of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy. And he's giving it to you right now. In the good times and the bad times, he's giving it to you. Image bearer of Christ, you are worth it. Father God, right now I pray, I praise you for the joy that you are bestowed upon us. Lord, I pray that you continue to bless us as we seek to grow, to continue to grow that gift you have given us, that gift, that fruit of, of joy. Lord, that we, let us, help us to expound on it, help us to know it, to feel it, to be, draw closer to you. And as we draw closer to you, we know that we will experience joy closer as you are the source of joy. Lord, I pray that you grow us as we grow, help us to experience your joy through the love of the Holy Spirit. Grow in us. Be with us. Be with those who are suffering and hurting. Be with those who are rejoicing and singing. For all times, we worship you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.